Blog Talk Radio.
cry out, carry the cross. You die on road you can't, my God, I'll only ever see my own.
what you pray, I pray. And what you pray, I pray.
another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be your host tonight. I just wanted to play an extended worship set tonight so that we can just have some time to worship the Lord and get things in focus, get things in tune. You know, typically we do about 20, 30 minutes, but I just thought we'd kind of go for the long haul tonight and just take some time and soak. And I want to thank all of you guys, girls that are in the uh, chat room tonight. Just thank you for your prayers for me and my family and for Sean and Rebecca. We're just glad that you're lifting us up in the Lord and taking the time to tune in to just listen to what the Lord has to say and you know, always, you know, joining in on the chat room, encouraging each other, praying for each other, and lifting each other up. You know, that's what we're supposed to do. The Bible says to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. He says, when two or more are gathered, he's in the midst, you know, and as we get together and we allow God the opportunity to move in our midst or to speak through us or to pray through us, touch through us, encourage or exhort, or maybe God calls us to serve somebody or do something for somebody, you know, that's how the kingdom of God goes forth. And without that, there's really not a lot of momentum in the kingdom. You know, God uses people to bless people. God uses people to pray for people. And it's not that he can't come down and do things himself or send an angel or do a miracle or whatever it is. But, you know, he chooses who he uses and who he likes to use are willing vessels, people that are willing and obedient, people that are open and humble, people that are ready to lay down their lives and give up themselves on some kind of level. And, you know, we all have different giftings. We all have different abilities. We all have different areas where we thrive in or excel in. Some of us are still trying to figure out some of those areas and sharpen those abilities and sharpen those areas or grow up in certain areas. You know, I know myself, there's some strengths that I have, but there's a lot of areas where I fall short continually. And so, you know, God's working on me. But with that being said, you know, wherever you're at in the scheme of things, wherever you're at in the plan of God, just be open to what he has for you. Just be willing to what he wants and be yielded to his Holy Spirit. Be be obedient to his word and he will steer you. He'll guide you. He'll lead you down the right path. You know, the Bible says, in Psalm 23, and I want to get into this, and then we're going to finish up Ephesians 6 tonight. But talking about the leading of the Lord, you know, a lot of times we take Psalm 23 to be the funeral uh, psalm 
or the you know the service song that you hear everybody uh, share during a funeral or whatever. But honestly, if you get into the benefits of it, if you get into the rewards of it, there's a lot to be said about Psalm 23. You know, it starts out, the Lord is my shepherd. The Bible says that we are the sheep of his pasture. The Lord, not we ourselves are the rulers or the creators, but the Lord is the maker of us all. And we are the sheep of his pasture. But David said this in Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And that word want means to lack nothing. And the whole idea there is if God is leading you, and if you're being obedient to the leading and to the drawing of the Lord, then he'll lead you into a place where you've got more than enough. Now, sometimes we go through seasons of chastening because of our disobedience. Sometimes we go through seasons of lack because we don't apply our ear to listen to where God's guiding us. Sometimes we just kind of go with the flow or, hey, sarah, sarah, whatsoever will be, will be. And sometimes that situation gets us in trouble. You know, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is death. And sometimes we think we know which way we need to go, but the Bible says don't look to the left or the right, but fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The thing is, if he's authoring, if he's writing out the plan, and we're eagerly, obediently following that plan. See, the Bible says he's in us to want to do of his good pleasure. And so he'll lead us. And we shall not want. Verse 2, he maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. You know, this represents fertile abundance, provision, sustenance. You know, sheep, if they find a green pasture, they've got plenty to eat, a place to lay down, a place to commune one with another. And if they've got still waters, then they've got enough to drink, to be refreshed, to be revived. And metaphorically speaking, those green pastures and those still waters, God wants to bring us to a place of fruitfulness in our lives. God wants to bring us to a place of stillness. You know, the Bible says, Be still and know that I am God, and they that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. So there's a place where we have to get still, get quiet, become sensitive. To the leading of the Lord The Bible says Taste and see that the Lord is good Isaiah 55 5 Or 55 1 and 2 Talk about Everyone that's thirsty Come and drink Jesus called himself A fountain of living water That he said Whoever drinks of this fountain Would never thirst again So many times God uses the representation Of a river Or a fountain Or still waters or the latter rain, the former rain, but it all has to do with water. You can see there's a refreshing and a nourishing that takes place, a restoration 
you know, sometimes when you're parched and you're dry, the body and the mind don't seem to function properly. When you're dehydrated, it can make you a little crazy sometimes. When you're dehydrated, it can make you weak and weary, and you don't function properly. But as we get into that place of refreshing, we get into the presence of the Lord, and we allow His Spirit to rule and reign over us, we find that a motivation comes, a restoration comes, a refreshing and encouraging. All of a sudden, things begin to shift and change in our lives. When we get under that presence or that glory of God, Also, the Bible talks about the washing of the water of the Word. Now, that could be biblically speaking, or that could be God speaking to your heart. But when you get under the words of God, when you align yourself with the Word of God, you begin to get to a place where you hear His voice, or you begin to understand what He's speaking through the Scripture. It can be refreshing to your soul. The Bible says it's health to your bones. So he leads us beside the still waters. He leads us to those places of green pasture. Verse 3, he restoreth my soul. See, God's in the restoration business. When you restore something, you bring it back to its original intent. You know, when you take a piece of antique furniture and you restore it, you're bringing it back to its original place. Restoring isn't necessarily replacing. Restoring is taking something that's not functioning properly, it's not doing what it's supposed to do, and you fix it so that it can do what it's supposed to do. And when God restores us, you got to realize that, you know, when he created Adam and Eve, he gave them a place in the garden where they could have total communion, total fellowship, total freedom, total dominion on the earth. Fellowship with God, freedom with God. And when they disobeyed and they did not listen to the voice of God, they listened to another voice, they lost what they were originally created for. But when Jesus came and sweat drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane, he did that, and when he shed his blood, he did that in order to restore, not only reconcile men and women back to God and to himself, but to restore them to their original purpose, which was to have dominion, which was to have freedom, nothing missing, nothing broken, Be made whole. When something's restored, it's made whole. It's brought back to its original place. And see, wherever you're at in the scheme of life, God wants you to be restored. God wants you to get back to that place that he originally created you for. It says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Realize it's for his namesake, it's for his glory. Why does God lead us? Why does God guide us? 
so he can be glorified. So he can make the church, he can make his people, he can make his sons and daughters a praise in the earth. But he leads us in paths of righteousness for his namesake. It's for his glory. It's not even for your sake. It's not even for your own interest. But it's for God's interest. But realize when God begins to do things for his interest in your life, it ultimately has your best interest in mind. But typically, first and foremost, God does things for his namesake. For his glory, so that he can get glory. You were created to glorify God. I was created to glorify God. And God wants to get glory out of our lives. Verse 4 Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He says, even though I walk through the valley, and see, it's easy to praise God when you're in the mountaintop, when everything's going right, everything's PG King, everything's rainbows and money, it's real easy to praise him. It's real easy to have that happy Jesus-go-lucky attitude when everything's perfect. But when we go through the valley, when the shadow of death comes upon us, that's when he wants to know, hey, so you got to realize he leads us even through those times. He leads us through the valleys. He carries us. He walks with us in the valleys, in those times of desperation, in those times of trial. There's times of circumstances, times when everything gets kind of rough. Everything gets hard. He leads us. And see, we think that he only leads us into all the wonderful things. But sometimes he allows us to go through those times when he wants patience to have his perfect work in us. He wants things to build our character. He wants to see if we're really going to praise him, no matter what things look like. The testing of your faith produces patience. And he'll test our faith. He'll test our situation. He'll let us go through circumstance. You know, just like Job, the enemy came to God, the devil came to God, and he said, you know, it's real easy for your servant to praise you because he's got everything. But what if we start taking things away? What if we start putting them through the ringer? Will he still praise you? I think a lot of times we all have to go through that test as a child of God, as a son or daughter of the Most High God, as a Christian, believer, whatever you want to term it. If you're God's, you're going to go through some tests. So praise God. Hey, God bless you, God. 
We've got Grok, Pet Prep Radio, Radio PI, Smash 240, and I guess earlier we had a few others in there. So God bless you. You're still listening to my archive later. We had our brother down under Reno and Sister Wendy, a couple others in there. God bless you tonight. The deal is is that we're all going to go through a test. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but to realize it's a shadow. It's a shadow. It's not the real thing. It's a shadow. And even when the enemy comes at you, he's hurling things at you. The Bible says he seeketh. He, he walketh about like a roaring lion. Like a roaring lion. He's not. There's only one lion. His name is Jesus. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. But the enemy is like a barking dog, really. He attempts to appear as a lion. But see, it's a shadow. It's a type. It's figurative. You know, when you were a child, even the shadows would scare you. But the shadow would only be there until you put the light on it. Once you put the light on it, the shadow disappeared. And in life, when you get the light of Jesus, when you get the light of God's word on your situation, the shadow disappears. The shadow of death will disappear. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You don't have to be afraid. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He wants you to operate in faith, believing him, not doubting in your heart. Not cowering and drawing back from the things that the enemy is throwing at you. You don't have to be afraid. And we all go through it. We, I go through it. You know, my wife and I go through things daily as we go through trials and tribulations and circumstances and things that the enemy hurls at us to try to throw our game, to try to throw us off track. Get us distracted, detoured, derailed. That's what he does. See, he's here to steal, kill, and destroy. His job is to get you so distracted, so caught up on the temporal, so caught up on the circumstances. And you know, many times when I'm teaching these things, believe me, God is speaking to me, ministering to me through these same words. But you know, the enemy will come in. And he'll try to detour you and get you off course just a little bit. That's all it takes. He'll try to derail you and completely get you off track. It's one thing if you're still on track and you just kind of go the wrong way a little bit. But when you when you derail a train, it takes a lot more to get it back on the rails, to get it back into Momentum to get it to going is destination. And so that's his tactics. He wants to derail you or detour you or distract you or discourage you. Any of those things. He'll throw at you fiery darts all day long. But see, that's why we have the shield of faith. We don't have to fear 
We just have to believe God. We just have to believe God. You know, Hebrews 1, I'm sorry, Hebrews 11, I believe. Hang on. Let me get into it here because I don't want to tell you wrong. But in the book of Hebrews, nevertheless, God puts it like this. He says, he that comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And you know, God wants us to diligently seek him. He wants us to diligently seek him. You know, we might just get into... Hebrews 11 here and just kind of skip through. I wanted to do Ephesians 6, but kind of taking a detour myself here. But when you come to God, you've got to believe. When you come to God, you've got to believe. You can't doubt. You can't have fear. You can't back up. The Bible says his soul takes no pleasure in those that draw back. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Think about that. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Praise the Lord. Let me continue. So in Psalm 23, he says this. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. That's the whole key. That's the key right there. If you're in God, if you're serving God, if you're loving God, he's with you. He says, I'm with you, and no man can pluck you out of my hand. God before us, who can be against us? If God be with us, then who can stand against us? See, when you know that God's with you, when you know that you walk with God, listen, just because you get knocked down on the mat doesn't mean you have to stay down for a 10 count. How many times have you seen a boxing match and you see these guys beating the heck out of each other? And literally, man, you'll see teeth and blood and all kinds of stuff flying. And they're just pounding each other till one falls on the mat. You know, just when you think it's over, the guy that's been on the mat for an eight count jumps back up and he's ready to get his brains beat out again. Sometimes he snaps back and he takes the other guy down. And where I'm going with this is this. You're always going to have warfare. The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. By the good side of faith. And that's just it. It's a fight. You've got an enemy. You've got an enemy. And his job is to try to beat your brains out so bad that you don't get back up and you stay down for the 10 count. Just because you get knocked down doesn't mean you have to be knocked out. The truth is, is that Jesus has already won the victory. 
And if you'll begin to follow his leading, he'll lead you in safe pastures. He'll lead you in places where, you know, the shepherd's job is to take that rod and the staff and beat the wolves away. That was his job. Beat the wolves away so they don't tear up the sheep. But if you'll follow the leading of God, Whenever your enemy comes in, the Bible says, like a flood, he'll raise up a standard against them. Doesn't mean he's never going to come in. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, but the voice of a stranger, they won't follow. It doesn't mean you're not. You know, the, the enemy's going to give you strange voices. He's going to put thoughts and ideas and things in your head that are not according to the word of God. He's going to try to set you on a course that's not pleasing to God. But if you're following the voice of God and you're staying in the word of God you're asking him to lead you and give you understanding the Bible says the word of the Lord's clear it gives insight to life David says your word Lord is a lamp to my feet in Psalm 119 your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path what's he saying look you're leading me you're guiding me you're showing me the way so your shepherd Jesus the father your guide, the Holy Spirit, their jobs to beat the wolves away, to show you where the wolves are, to show you how to cling to God enough and follow his path of righteousness so that you don't get off the beaten path. So it says, they comfort me, your rod and your stick, they comfort me. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the Comforter. And one of his jobs, the Holy Spirit, one of his jobs is to comfort you, to bring you peace, to get you calmed down, to take away the anxiety. Christ says, don't be anxious, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, through prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God doesn't mean that you're not going to have anxieties. doesn't mean that you're never going to get stirred up and your insides just going 90 to nothing. That's why we have to come into his presence. We've got to get ourselves fixed and focus on him and help him to center our lives and bring that peace and that calm over us that there's no understanding to. It's a peace which passes all understanding. Why? Because in normal circumstances, we'd pull our hair out, flip out, and freak out constantly instead of for just a season. God comes in and he brings that peace. God comes in and he helps you get back centered and focused and going the right way. It doesn't mean you don't get it. You know, we use the word discombobulated. I don't even know what that word means. Basically, it means just all crazy on the inside, not thinking right, not not feeling right, just everything going every which way but loose. And sometimes it even goes loose. But see, the Holy Spirit, it's his job to pull us back together. The Word of God comes in and shows us the thoughts and intents of our hearts. And helps pull us back together. Restore us. See, he restores my soul. He brings me back to my original intention. 
when you restore something, like I said, you bring it back to what it's originally created for. You restore it. And that's what God wants to do in your life. What God wants to do with me and my family. Restore uh, where we're back to what we were originally purposed to do. But sometimes that process is harder. The farther we get away from our shepherd, and the farther we get away from our comforter, and the farther we get away from God's peace. Verse 5. I didn't know I could preach this long on six verses, but we're doing Psalm 23 tonight. We'll shift gears on the Ephesians 6. So you guys were really wanting to talk about the armor of God, which I actually taught last month or two. Sometime this year I've taught it. We'll get to it. In fact, we went through the first nine verses of chapter 6, I think, the other night. But we'll get to the rest of it. It's not going anywhere. Heaven and earth will pass away, but guess what? Where the Lord will never pass away, so it's not going anywhere. Thou preparest a table before me. Where does God do that? In the presence of my enemies. Not when everything's good. Not when everything's on the mountain. This guy's in the valley. This guy's in the valley of the shadow of death. This guy's being led around, and the wolves are coming after him, and, and the good shepherd's having to beat him away with staff. He says, look, you're, you're preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies, even around the people that hate me, even around the people that despise me, people that mock me, the people that, whatever your situation is, God wants to prepare a table before you right in the middle of it, right in the middle of it. He wants to prepare a banqueting table for you. And his banner over you is love. He brought me to his banqueting table, the Song of Solomon says, and his banner over me is love. And see, it's that perfect love of God that casts out all fear. God has not given you spirit of fear, but what? Love. Giving you power. Well, what kind of power? Power to tread upon all the plans of the enemy. So that nothing by any means shall harm you. Doesn't mean you're not going to get bruised up a little bit. But eternally speaking, nothing can harm you. So he wants to prepare that table before you before your enemies, in the midst of your worst situation. Or when people are looking down on you, they're looking at you, they're examining your situation, they're like, wow. This this would make the normal person pull their hair out and just flip out and freak out and get frazzled. And sometimes we do. We're human. Sometimes we blow it, we miss it, we mess it up. The whole deal is, is, Come back to the Lord. Get refocused. Get restored. Get refreshed. Get renewed. Get reconciled back to God. And allow Him to have His way in you. So He says, In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. God wants to anoint your head with oil. God wants to prepare you. 
God wants to prepare you. He wants his anointing, his presence, his glory to lead you and guide you. Moses said, Lord, unless you go with us, we're not going. Unless you go with me, Lord, I'm not going to go. And God wants his glory to go before you, his glory to rest upon you, his glory to be your rear guard. Like my wife says, God's got your back. God's got your back, people. He really does. If you're following the leading of the shepherd, not only is he going before you, but his Holy Spirit is your rear guard. He's your bodyguard. The angel encamps around about you, like Psalm 91 says. He's given his angels charge over you. They'll lift you up in their hands unless you dash your foot against the stone. His angels are stationed around you. you got to realize that. His angels are around my wife and I. Sometimes we take that for granted. And believe me, sometimes those angels are working overtime, running around like who knows what, trying to do what they're supposed to do. He anoints my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. What he's saying is, look, there's going to be so much. Jesus said, look, your barns will be bursting with plenty. There won't be room enough to receive. But there'll be such an overflow coming out of your life. But there'll be plenty enough for everybody to partake of. It's not just about finances. It's about whatever. Peace. Love, joy, goodness, mercy. And the reason we lack those things, the reason we don't experience those things, is we're not letting God lead us. We're not following him. We're asking him to bless us. Bless us, Lord. Bless our plan, Lord. Bless what we want, Lord. And God's like, no, wait a minute. I'm the shepherd. You're supposed to be following me. Otherwise, it's the blind leading the blind. And they all fall into a ditch. But if you're allowing God to lead you, he's going to take you beside the still waters, the green pastures, through the valley of the shadow of death. He's not going to leave you in it. He says, my cup runneth over. He wants there to be an overflow, an overspill, an overabundance in your life where not just enough for you, but enough to bless others. And we're not just talking about finances. We're talking about your salvation. We're talking about your healing. We're talking about the character and the fruits of the Spirit of God. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit of God. Every good and perfect gift, every blessing from the Lord, everything. That we can just share. Freely you receive, Jesus said, freely give. To him who has been loved much, will love much. To him who has been forgiven much will forgive much. That's just part of it. It's the gospel. In verse 6, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Now picture you walking around and you got two people walking with you everywhere you go. You got goodness and you got mercy. Jesus said, taste and see, 
Well, Jesus didn't say this. The, the Word of God says, I guess it was Jesus because he's the Word made flesh. But taste and see that the Lord is good. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. We're talking about goodness. And God has goodness following you. If you're following him, it's a procession. It's like, you know, if you're following God, he's the leader, you're following him, then goodness will follow you. If you're following God, then mercy will be right behind you, following you, everywhere you go. Which means there's times in your life when the outcome or the circumstance should have happened, but God was merciful. There's times in your life when you deserved everything that you got, but God decided to be merciful, and you didn't get what you deserved. You got mercy instead. Doesn't mean that we don't ever get a reward for our wickedness. We don't ever get a reward for our disobedience. And we do. Not half of what we deserve most of the time as Christians. Because God is merciful. Though his anger endure for a moment, his mercy endures forever. The psalmist says. His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. And as a Christian, if you've been given mercy, you need to show more mercy. As a Christian, if you've been given forgiveness, you need to show more forgiveness. Be a gracious person. Just give grace to people. Give grace to people. And you'll get grace. Give mercy to people. You'll get mercy. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Look, if you let the Lord lead you and you let that goodness and mercy follow you and everywhere you go, goodness and mercy are pouring out of your life. If you let the Lord lead you, let's keep you beside the still waters and the green pastures. The abundance and the peace will be there. If you let the Lord lead you, he'll get you through the shadow of death. He'll get you through the valley. Look, there's a lot of people that die in the valley. This is the deal. You don't let God lead you through the desert. You can walk in circles for 40 years like Moses. You don't let God lead you through the desert and he's the leader. You can die and turn into a pile of bones and be laying there for the ravens to pick at you and the buzzards to pick at you. Now, that's not God's plan. That's not what God intends. But, you know, if he's leading and you're not willing to follow, it is what it is. And that's not to say that sometimes God doesn't have mercy and show us grace and still, like I said before, we still don't get half of what we should deserve. God is good. So he says, I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you follow Jesus, you receive Jesus and you make him your shepherd, you allow him to lead your life and you let him be the master of your destiny, guess what? You'll have eternity. You'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's salvation. 
that was Psalm 23. I just want to pray over everybody real quick. just want to thank everybody in the chat room. I'm actually away from the computer right now, so I'm not sure what's going on in the chat room. Um, but I want to pray for everybody that's listening. Father, right now, Lord, I just thank you for everything you're doing. Father, I give you praise, Lord God, that you're the good shepherd. Lord, we bless our guests tonight. Lord, we bless our sister in Singapore. Lord, we bless Minister Grot, our brother down under Reno. We bless Sister Wendy and Will, the radio PI. We bless Minister Grot. We bless Joe. Father, we bless our guests tonight. We bless everybody that's listening, Lord. Whether it be by archive, whether it be live, however they're listening, Father. Lord, all your people, all those that name the name of Jesus, we bless them right now. Father, we just pray, Lord, that you're the good shepherd, Lord. We pray that they would allow and open up their hearts and give you your rightful place as the shepherd. And that, Father, they'll never lack anything all the days of their lives as long as they follow you. Help them to see that revelation, Lord, as long as they follow your leading and do what you say. They'll have more than enough. Father, help us all to get that. Father, we pray, Lord, that you're bringing green, fertile, abundant pastures and still waters, Lord, you're bringing peace and abundance in their lives. As long as they're following you, bring them peace and abundance. Father, restore their soul. Lead them in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Lord, it's for your glory. Restore them back to their place. Restore them back to the place that you call them to, Lord. Restore their soul where they've been offset, where they've been ajar, where things are out of whack. Lord, just get them back into place. All of us. Father, Lord, I pray, even though the valley of the shadow of death are facing it, Lord, help them not to fear the evil, but let them walk in faith and confidence towards you. Let them walk in that love. Lord, let them walk with a sound mind, because you've not given them a spirit of fear. Your perfect love casts out all fear, Lord, and we thank you, Father, that you're working on our behalf, that we can believe you, we could come to you, and Lord, we can have faith and please you. Thank you, Father, that you're leading and guiding us, good shepherd of our souls. Father, let your rod and your staff, Lord, comfort us and beat away the wolves, all the distractions, beat away the enemy, keep him from detouring our lives and derailing our lives. Father, thank you that, Lord, even in the presence of our enemies, even in the midst of our worst situation, you want to put a banqueting table right in the middle of it. You want to put a blessing right in the middle of it. Help us to see that, Father, as we're being led by you. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see, Lord, what you want us to do, where you want us to go. Help us to follow you, Lord. Father, anoint our head with oil and let the cup run over, Lord. 
Let your Holy Spirit anoint us. Let the glory of God be our rear guard. And Lord, let that flow just spill over in our lives. That others can partake of it. That others can receive your goodness and your mercy and your forgiveness and your love. And your abundance and your peace, Lord. Whatever it is, let it pour out of us. Flow through us, Jesus, as your people. As your children, Lord. Not that we're perfect. But we're led by the good shepherd. We're just your sheep, Lord. And Father, we thank you, Lord. Goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. Lord, let that goodness and mercy follow every man, every woman, every child, every person listening tonight, Lord. Goodness and mercy follow them every step that they take, Lord. And Lord, I pray, Father, your salvation, your salvation, your salvation, Father, would so stir their hearts, Lord, that they would receive you as Savior. They'd receive you as the Lord of their lives. That they'd commit themselves to you, Father. Whatever they have, wherever they're at, whatever condition they're in, they just commit it all to you. Lord, you've made us a promise, Father. You said that we would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, Lord, we thank you tonight, Father, for being the good shepherd. Thank you that you put it in the heart of your son David to write Psalm 23, Lord, that we could partake of the revelation. We could see the beauty of it. We could understand the truth in it. Help us to grasp this. Help us to never look at it as a funeral psalm again, Lord, but let us see the benefit. Let us see the reward. Let us see the goodness in it. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for your precious word, Lord. It's a privilege that we even have your word. Father, there's people in other countries that have to die just for a Bible page. And we, here in, in our Western civilizations, Lord, some of us have more Bibles and more resources and more things than we could ever imagine that we take for granted, Lord. Help us to never take your word for granted, Father. Help every person that's listening tonight to know never take your word for granted, Lord. It's precious. It's a privilege that we even have it, Father. So, Lord, just work in us. Father, breathe on us. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, if you're just tuning in or if you've been tuned in, this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. I'm your host tonight. If you need to call in, the call-in number is 619-638-8458. If you need to reach us on the website, it's www.prayer. International.org. If you want to email us, we've got a new email address. It's prayer at that's p r a y e r at prayerinternational.org. Of course, if you've got the same other email saved, then you're just go ahead and use that if you need to. It'll get to us. It'll forward prayerinternational at gmail.com. Either one. We'll get to us, but we're trying to phase the other one out over the next few months. So if you can, try the other one. We're putting up some video uploads on Ustream. We've got a few things on YouTube. 
We've got devotionals going up, not daily, but eventually we'll be back to it daily. And, you know, pray for us. We need prayer. I know you need prayer. That's what we're doing here. We're praying and believing God for God's will to be done in your life, for his kingdom to come, for his goodness to overflow and spill out into your life. We need prayer, too. We need motivation for our assignments. We need to be fixed and focused on the things that God's called us to do this year. So pray that we stay in the flow of that. Pray that no matter what dart or or arrow the enemy hurls at us or shoots at us, that that shield of faith is lifted up and we just trust God in the midst of whatever situation we're in. We've got about 10 more minutes. I think uh, what I'd like to do, actually, I'm going to kind of take a peek here at the chat room. I haven't seen the chat room in a little while. Those of you that have been in the chat room, sorry I haven't been communicating. I've been kind of in my flow, just kind of wandering. Honestly, wandering around my house. Uh, just sharing this word. So, you know, we're praying. God bless Wendy and Will right now. Bless them. Bless Minister Grock. Master 40. Brother Joe. Listen, I know all you guys have, have calls on your lives. All you women, all you men, Sherry with Pet Prep Radio, all of you, everyone in there. And everyone listening, listen, if you're a child of God, God's got so much in store for you, so much more than what you've been told, so much more than what you've experienced. I'm not trying to sound generic, but the truth is, is this, God is a big God. He's got big plans for everybody. If you could just get it in your spirit and understand who you are, understand how big he is. Understand, first of all, you have an enemy that hates you, and his job is to get you so off track that you stay defeated. And unless you're going to fight this good fight of faith, unless you're going to dig your heels in, unless you're going to start fighting, okay, it's it's not going to come easy. Anyone that told you Christianity comes easy has lied to you. Jesus said you have to take up your cross and follow him. It's not an easy thing. It's not just some rainbow bunny religion. But the deal is, is it's constant warfare. And the minute you make a choice to serve God, the minute you make a choice to, to preach and declare the word of God or teach or share that with other people, listen, the truth is, is the enemy puts a big target on your back. Okay, nobody wants to tell you that. You know, we want to scare people out of hell and make hell seem like such a frightening thing. The truth is, is whenever you're going straight to hell, the enemy, the devil, he kind of just leaves you alone and just lets you go to hell. He doesn't bother you much when you're on your way to hell. Now, it doesn't mean you won't be tormented. and doesn't mean you won't have issues in your life if you're going down that path. 
really, the minute you make a choice to get on the narrow road and to serve God, the minute you make a choice to start following the good shepherd, every wolf in the world is going to come out. Trying to see what sheep they can pick off out of the pack, out of the den. Nobody wants to tell you that. Nobody. Everybody likes to water it down and sugarcoat it. Like it tastes so good. You know? But the truth is, is you're a threat to the enemy's kingdom if you're following the shepherd. And he wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your marriages and your children and your jobs and your ministries. But the truth is, Jesus says, don't be afraid. He's overcome the world. Fear not. He's given you the victory. The thing is, is though you're going to have to fight for it, and you're going to have to figure out what's yours. You're going to have to dig in that Bible and find out what God says and begin to stand on it, begin to call it in, stand on those promises, claim those promises over your life, and do not let go until you get them. The problem is we want to pray once, twice, three times a week, a month. And if we don't see something happen by then, all of a sudden we want to give up. You know, I prayed for my mother's salvation for 20 years. 20 years. And I didn't pray every single day. If I said I did, I'd be a liar. But over the course of 20 years, I believed God to save this woman. And there was times when I thought there's no way. But I decided to stand on it anyways. Because God says he wishes that us and our whole households are saved. He wishes that none come to repentance, but all, uh, none should perish, but all come to repentance. God doesn't want anybody to perish. It breaks his heart. It breaks his heart. Sad thing is, is many people choose their own way. That's that's their fate. For 20 years, I prayed for my mother. On and off, I didn't stop. Like I said, it didn't mean I prayed every day, but kept believing. And my wife, a couple years ago, had the privilege of leading her to the Lord. You know? What I'm saying is this. If you knew who we were, if you knew who I was before I was a Christian, before I was doing what I'm doing now, you might not believe it. If you knew who my wife was, who some of our friends were, before Jesus came into our lives, you'd probably be a little shocked. It burst your little Christian bubble. And I know many of you have got a past. Everybody does. Everybody's got one. Okay? But, you know, it's not where we were. It's where we're headed. You know, look at look at the Saul, the Christian killer, in the book of Acts. Saul, who later became Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament from jail. But this guy used to kill Christians. He was a murderer. Moses was a murderer. David was a murderer. Hello. But in God's eyes, they were qualified for ministry. Nowadays, we'd run a background check on them and boot them right out the door. Oh, man, don't go to that guy's church. You know what he used to do? 
What if the children of Israel said that about Moses? What if they said that about David? Or what if everybody that read the New Testament made a decision about Paul and decided not to accept the New Testament as the word of God? You know, God doesn't judge our future based on our past. Now, it doesn't mean we don't have circumstances in our future because of what we did. But this is the deal. If you'll follow the good shepherd, if you'll really let him lead and guide your life, if you'll figure out how to be his sheep and hear his voice, if you'll let him cover you with his wings like a mother covers her chick, like Jesus said, If you'll just get close to his heart and hear his heartbeat, listen to his voice, follow his leading, you're not going to be let down. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to have some bad times. You're never going to go through trials. Your faith's never going to be tested. It is going to be tested. You will go through fire. See, we love the faith-to-faith and glory-to-glory part. We go from faith-to-faith and glory-to-glory. Well... That faith-to-faith really is a fire-to-fire because it's testing your faith. And the glory-to-glory is is what's left over after you go through the fire. After you go through the test, you get a testimony. And you can give God glory. And he gets praise and he gets glory out of your life. It's for his namesake, remember? He leads you in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Well, listen, everybody that's listening to this show, everybody that's in the chat room, everybody that's listening by archives, listening on the website, go, go get with the shepherd tonight. Go get with Jesus. We can pray all the prayers. We can pray for you guys. And we do. I go through my list, lift up many of you throughout the day. Go down the list, pray for you. I know Sean does. I know others do. All right. But you need to get with the shepherd. You need to get with Jesus. You need to hear his voice. You need to with you need to follow him in obedience. So my encouragement is this follow the good shepherd. Get with the good shepherd. Do what he says. Be a doer of the word. Don't just hear it. Don't just study the Bible. Do what it says. And you will not be forsaken. And you'll dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of your life. Mercy and goodness will follow you all the days of your life. This is Prayer International Radio. We'll be back tomorrow from 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. Central Standard Time. We're praying for you. Jesus is praying for you. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. 